You're listening to Flux Pod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. This episode features Sadie Dupuis, who you know from the band Speedy Ortiz, and her solo project, Sad 13. Uh, we're going to do a jukebox jewelry thing. Uh, you know, it's a classic magazine thing where you have a musician or someone respond, react to songs that they don't already know for the most part. And uh, the songs I chose for this are all, you know, they're all stuff I pulled from like various charts, like Spotify, like Viral 50, things like that, just to get a sense of some things that are bubbling up, things that are catching on uh, that might be just a little bit outside of uh, our usual perspective and purview. So, uh, you know, normally you would do these things kind of live and, and, you know, you know, the real time response, but I had to give Sadie a playlist in advance. So just so you know, that's the mechanics of this. Um, just a reminder that uh, FluxPod is also on Patreon. And if you want to get all the episodes of the show, you got to hit up patreon.com slash FluxBlog. And uh, I'm just about to finish up a seven part audio essay series on Sonic Youth, kind of going through all of their eras kind of a narrative of their career with a bit of like critical thought and, you know, bits of uh, research. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a pretty complete story of Sonic Youth, at least from my perspective. So I'm going to wrap that up this week with the, the last two records they did uh, with Mark Eibold. And uh, then I'm just going to do some other stuff. There's, there's uh, the, the, the Patreon episodes are kind of a grab bag. I'll probably do another one of these kind of series before too long but probably mix it up a little bit uh, before that. But anyway, do that. I would appreciate it. I feel like I give you a lot for uh, your $5 a month. So uh, let's move on. Let's get to the episode. This is Sadie Dupuy. Sadie, can you tell the audience who you are and what you do? Okay, I'm Sadie Dupuy for the past year and a half it really just feels like i sit around and rewatch gossip girl but um i play in the bands speedy ortiz and sad 13 i run a record label slash poetry journal called wax nine uh and i do all kinds of random music business work um, (laughs) over email on the side is that somewhat comprehensive (laughs) well that last part sounds so ambiguous (laughs) That sounds like like oh yeah well I'm, I'm in, in my free time I manage a group called BTS. Okay, uh, whatever I'm hireable for, I write a lot of band bios. Um, occasionally, I do some some music critical stuff. Uh, I come on my friends' podcasts like this and um, production arrangement, all that kind of any anything someone emails me about that I feel qualified to take the work, I will do. So today we're going to kind of do the classic uh, jukebox jury thing. And you're going to be the first person to do this on the show. I've been wanting to do this for a while. So this was a spin column. Is that what this was? I think it's actually a British thing. I think it's it's, it's been in a lot of magazines. I mean, that one that I... That was that I found from an old spin that was like Eve uh, six getting dissed by Shirley Manson was that yeah what it was? yeah exactly yeah. the garbage one and that that just went over <laughs> really well just surfacing that I think people were like wait a second like musicians can like talk shit about each other <laughs> not anymore too scared yeah certainly not anymore 
um, except for today when we're going to shit talk for the next 45 minutes to an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, let's just go for for an artist who I know you're familiar with, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, her song Brutal. so insecure i think that i'll die before i drink and i'm so caught up in the news of who likes me and who hates you and i'm so tired that i might quit my job start a new life and they'd all be so disappointed because who am i if not exploited and i'm so sick of 17 where's my fucking teenage dream if someone tells me one more time enjoy your youth i'm gonna cry and i don't stick up for myself i'm anxious and nothing can help and i wish i'd done this before and i wish people liked yeah i mean you know i'm familiar because i mashed this song up with pencil rot by stephen malpas and the jicks uh definitely my summer jam the combination of these two songs because i was cackling to myself the whole time i made it and i got hit pretty quickly with an riaa uh takedown the dmca notice so this this one is a like a fresh wound for me ah it is brutal indeed (laughs) brutal so so when you first heard it did you did you just immediately make that connection um i first heard it on the same day it came out i guess because a lot of my friends bands were like this sounds like my band um and i was kind of like well your band sounds like my band and my band sounds like you know, in this case, Paramore. So I, I kind of was like a, a little like, okay, guys, yeah, Olivia Rodrigo sounds like you. Since then, someone has compiled a bunch of pictures of like Pom Pom Squad promo over the past two years that all has been very directly copied by Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> so I think my friends were right that perhaps um, Brutal is indebted to their work. But uh, yeah, I was kind of like, I think it would work with Pencil Rod and, and made it so. Uh, some, somebody else pointed out to me that it would work really well with the Elastica song that's uh, the Wire ripoff. So, yeah, um, Rob Sheffield pointed out to me. He said that like he was at a karaoke. It's his first like mm-hmm. real karaoke in like you know since the pandemic, and they didn't have Brutal, but he was able to like, oh, you know what? They have connection. I can I can make that work. I think I got tagged in in uh, him saying yeah, that. Uh, yeah. I mean, but it's a great song. I like it a lot. Uh, which is why I thought to mash it up at all. So I'm a, I'm how do you feel about the rest of her songs? I'm sorry. I didn't mean, no, um, I like the album a lot. I like the ones that are, um, maybe less ballady. I really like, I think it's called jealousy, jealousy. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. It like reminds me of this, uh, Khalees, late Khalees song. Um, rumble. Is that what it's called? Which was like one of my favorites around when it came out. Uh, I think it's a great record. I looked at the billboard charts for the first time in a while, kind of recently, just to be like, do I know what any of these are? And I think like every song on her album was simultaneously charting. <laughs> so I think yeah. that's great. When I was putting together this list, I was looking at uh, mostly like the, the, the charts on Spotify because I was really interested in like what was like trending yeah. And yeah, her literally her entire album was just clogging up all of the available lists. So yeah. she is like gigantic in a way that feels like 
weird for someone so new. It is weird. It's on a, a different scale, obviously, but it's a similar feeling that I had when, when Mitski was blowing up where I was like, this is someone that I just love from Bandcamp, and everyone agrees with me. Like, it's so rare that ev- everyone agrees with me. So, uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the corner of Olivia Rodrigo with seemingly every person in the world. And, um, it's nice for us all to agree for once. Okay. So the next thing we have coming up is a band called Lovejoy. Have you ever heard of Lovejoy? I had never heard of Lovejoy. Okay, so what was your take on this song? It's called One Day. Stop. Cause why'd you have to kill my cat? Why'd I have to take you back? Time and time I play the empath. I don't know why. Lights on in an empty bar A toilet with the seat left up It's closure like a deer in headlight One day I know that you will be there One day I'll focus on the future Maybe one day Oh baby, isn't life so fucking inconsistent Yes, this feels like a genre I'm going to call post-Campesinos If that <laughs> makes sense <laughs> Exactly um, I cannot deal with someone saying stop and everything stopping. It's like too many times. Some of these lyrics were a little, a little much for the first line to be stop. Cause why do you have to kill my cat? There's just so much going on in that one sentence. Um, it's some of the most like British sounding music I've heard in a while, but I kind of, you know, hearing it a few times, I came around a little bit. I'm, and I'm fascinated that, the front person of this band is like a famous YouTuber. And I was just going to ask if you, if you looked into it, like why this particular song was trending. Is it, is that why? Because of YouTube? Yeah. He's a huge YouTuber, I guess. Uh, his name is Wilbur suit. Yep. I landed or on youtube.fandom.com for the first time in trying to figure out what was the deal with Lovejoy. Um, so yeah, this, you know, this <laughs> listening to a lot of these, I'm 32. A lot of these people are 22, and it really uh, brought to light the the big difference between this decade and the last. There's so much like YouTube famous and TikTok, TikTok famous stuff yeah. that I have like no awareness of. Do you feel like if you were 10 to 15 years younger, that's basically the path you would have gravitated to? Maybe not uh, quite this corner of of YouTuber them but um i mean i think that's how a lot of people are, are finding music now for me it was like watching much music or mtv mtv college what was like the mtv <laughs> college channel um yeah i'm sure i would have been finding stuff from youtube it just seems like there's so much how do you oh, we're gonna get too existential and only song too yeah like <laughs> I, I mean i couldn't explain to you why this guy is really popular on youtube um I'm not even sure what he does on YouTube. I didn't look that deeply into it. I don't know that I've ever been presented something that's like super popular on YouTube and been like, hell yeah, I love this. It's for me. But I get why it's popular. This song to me, I I think you really nailed it. It really feels like something that would have come out in like 05, 06, 07, kind of just a little bit beyond Franz Ferdinand. And... You know, I think like what they were calling uh, the landfill indie stuff. It's very much a landfill indie song. And I feel like this would have done very well then. 
And I mean, I feel like it's a catchy song. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking in it. Uh, I'm not totally sure. I I can't get a a read on this song altogether, but I, I understand why people like it. There's a lot going on. It's got some energy, just like a YouTuber should. It feels like it would fit very seamlessly into an ad or like some TV show. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept. I mean, it's named apparently for some long-running British TV show from the 80s into the 90s. So okay. that's what they're going for. So the next one we've got is, I, I'm not 100% certain how to pronounce it, like Mo- Monoskin? That was what I was saying in my head while thinking about them. I want to be your slave. I wanna be a slave, I wanna be a master I wanna make your heart beat run like roller coasters I wanna be a good boy, I wanna be a gangster Cause you could be the beauty and I could be the monster I love you since this morning, no, just for aesthetic I wanna touch your body so fucking electric I know you're scared of me, you say that I'm too eccentric I'm crying on my tears and that's fucking pathetic so I think you know my immediate ugh about this. I just can't deal with like white four white people doing I want to be your slave and your master. It's like, come on. Mm. They they know. They must Did you know. look into like their background? Yeah, they're Danish they're Italian and the name is Danish and they were buskers in Rome and they won a season of X Factor doing like the killers covers and won Eurovision twice. <laughs> Yes, so I feel just like I just said it, it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah, so that, that was, those were uh, the bullet points. <laughs> but um, yeah, like the, this is like I, I guess like this is the song that won Eurovision. Um, that and the other was, one was the number. The, the we're gonna get to one later that was the runner up. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, I was. I figured like uh, I didn't actually intend for them to vote. I, I kind of was. I wasn't really looking into what they were when I originally chose them. So I think we can just kind of do both of the Eurovision songs at once. Uh, neither me. of these songs kind of sound like what I would think a Eurovision song would sound like. When did you maybe... start being aware of of Eurovision? Always? I guess I've always been kind of like a little bit aware of it, but I've never really like been like, oh, I, I want to watch Eurovision kind of person. So I feel like I only, I mean, I knew it existed, but I didn't know people cared about it until I started touring in the UK and Europe where like everybody's watching it and really into it. And I feel like... There's a recent American interest in Eurovision that maybe is an effect of the movie, but it was I was surprised that this was that both of these were trending, I guess. I've never like been made aware of a Eurovision winner before. before no, I this. think like my memory is a little hazy on this, but I think I, I was pulling from some like global charts. So I think that probably okay. was some of the energy behind these two. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. This was, I think, my least favorite thing that you made me listen to. But I... I I really hate the guy's (laughs) voice. I hate the voice. There were some lines that... The whispering is, like, kind of gross to me. It really... They they have cover band energy, and that makes sense for everything about their history other than winning Eurovision. Um, Yeah. But... You know, they, they're mining from stuff I really do. I mean, I already mentioned that I re- have rewatched Gossip Girl recently and very excited for the new one. It reminds me of like if I didn't like the bravery or those kinds of bands that were oh, yeah. the Gossip Girl soundtrack. It's like a like a 
a version of that that I don't like, even though I do like the bravery and the killers and Franz Ferdinand and all the things they've apparently covered. Monoskin have, I mean. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if they're going to carry you know, kind of catch on over here. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I'm blissfully ignorant. So I will, if they do, I won't know. Yeah. I mean, it sounds <laughs> like something me. that you could put on like, like really bad mainstream rock radio, but I'm not even sure if mainstream rock radio wants this right now. What is happening on mainstream rock radio right now? Willow, Last I'm hoping. Check. That I'm sorry. Is, I said Willow, I'm hoping, because that song is sick. I think so. Yeah, that, that we'll get to that in a <laughs> second. But yeah, I've. You know, I haven't checked in. The last time I checked in on it, it was like a lot of like artists who were kind of like nominally rock. They were like very like uh, keyboard centric. Like there's that one band called uh, Shade, like S-H-A-E-D. Okay. Like things like that were, were, were kind of popping off. And, you know, there's always that thing where like there's there's stuff that does really well on rock radio, but doesn't really seem to exist in any other context. And you think that Monoskin could could finagle their way in there? I feel like it's possible for them, but I think they might be the wrong energy right now. I think it probably is moving towards like, can we just have a bunch of like emo or stuff? You know, basically stuff that sounds like it's 2005. Yeah. Maybe that, I mean, what, 20 year waves of nostalgia? We're, we're getting there. Maybe they're ahead of the 2005 nostalgia curve. Yeah, it's like I think that uh, that Lovejoy's song could probably work as a radio song now, but I'm not. But yeah, I'm not totally certain if I see the regardless of whether I'm totally on board with Lovejoy, I like get why it's popular. This song is a mess. This Monoskin song is just a mess to me. I think I just called them like moleskin, like the notebooks. Ah, I (laughs) I guess it means I think everybody would end up doing that. That's the, yeah. So the other one from the Eurovision is a band called, uh, I think it's supposed to be said, Go A. Like we're g- go we're going go to we're gonna do both Eurovisions right now. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and this song is called Shum. this one a lot more this was really this was fun to me um there apparently i'm not sure do we have the longer edit or do we have the radio edit because i think it might be even longer than this yeah i think i think i think i gave you the radio edit probably so i don't know i felt that um they mined a lot of the same stuff for a little bit too long i can't imagine it being longer although i i think it is um, but there's a lot of fun stuff happening. I like the little flute samples. I, there's lots of like fun and kind of dated sounding samples that for me were just, I, I enjoyed it. So they're from the Ukraine. 
I don't think I've ever heard any bands from the Ukraine. Not that I'm aware of, anyway. You know, I haven't thought about it, but I... I can't answer that. I don't. I can't name any off the top of my head. I feel like there's always been this weird hole in culture where you know we just never hear things from that general, like Russia and the the former Russian bloc. All that whole zone is just kind of a non-entity as far as like popular music goes. Yeah, um, I will say my the handyman who works at my uh, building is from Ukraine and he's super into like experimental jazz and comes over and talks to my boyfriend about the, the, the stuff he likes from home. But I don't pop music or I guess this is house pop. I don't, it's a, they're mashing up a whole lot of, of genres within this. And I think I read something that this, this song initially had some traditional lyrics to it that they had to change to qualify for Eurovision. Um, hmm. But I thought it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. I, I thought it's a good kind of energy to it. It doesn't feel like uh it doesn't feel like expected in a lot of ways. It is, it feels like they're doing their own thing. It's pretty it's a weird song. Yeah. I would be surprised to hear it on the radio. I I like that it it, it reminds me of like watching Eurovision. You're like, this is a strange song. Um and that's what I would like to take number one rather than Monoskin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get where's Monoskin Twitter? They're gonna come for me after this. Okay, so let's let's do Willow, uh, yeah. aka Willow Smith. Yes, and well, uh, her song with Travis Barker. I know Transparent Soul. I love this song. It's got to be the quietest I've ever heard Travis Barker mixed in a song, which is just a testament to Willow's power that you can have one of the like biggest rock drummers in the world and uh, not have him blasting. But yeah, this song is great. Um, I've liked pretty much everything I've heard from her, but I obviously, maybe not obviously, but I think you know that I love new metal <laughs> and I love that she's kind of mining that aesthetic for this upcoming record that she's got this, even the like single art is this like fisheye. She's got like a black mat, um, St. Vincent guitar. It's so she does it perfectly and I'm, I'm all for it. Great song. I, so when I first heard this, I didn't realize it was her. I thought there was a band called Willow. Interesting. And, and like I, when I found, when I realized it was her, I was like, Oh wow. Really? Cause like, she, cause all the stuff I had heard from her, from her previously, like if you just kind of like look at the stuff like her, like I guess her Spotify or, or Apple profile page, mm-hmm. like she's like worked in completely different genres at this point. Yeah. And that's like a real true genre hopper. Um, so, and, but she really commits every time, which she's I think really is really talented. She yeah. can do it all. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I mean, the obvious, like, reference point I, to, for me on this is Paramore also. 
Um, but it's got the like Princess Nokia stuff that was kind of more emo pop punk has some of this energy to me as well. Um, it sounds great. And I love that the, I, I can't remember the name of the mixer who did this, but he's like huge. And I feel like he started with like Laurie Anderson or something like that, but he's worked with Fifi Dobson and like Lincoln park. And those both really make sense for this track too. It's funny that, you know, as you were saying, like that Travis Barker, you know, he's drumming on the song, but isn't, it's not like mixed. So it's the thing you think about, but it's a featuring Travis Barker. Yeah. He's not just like a session guy. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't speak to that. I mean, I guess I wonder if you're as big as Travis Barker, he's got to be like one of the, the biggest and best known drummers in the world. Maybe that's just how he, <laughs> that that's like in his contract as default. I, I think I it's know. that. And also like, I think that saying featuring Travis Barker buys a lot of cred for this and that's just draws attention to it. I don't think Willow needs the cred, but maybe, maybe that's true. But yeah, I figure there's definitely people who'd be like, wait, Willow, she's working with Travis Barker, you know, just like having that, you know, it just puts it over a little more, I think, or like if, if people who might be skeptical or maybe less skeptical, if he's involved, it's kind of like, like the they just announced that the new Halsey record is with Atticus uh, Ross, <laughs> and like I've never seen like I feel like that is the the most instant cred thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I I'm very excited for that. Whatever comes out of that collaboration, but Travis Barker is you know pretty genre hoppy too. He plays with doesn't really matter what what genre someone's in. I feel like Travis Barker's done it. So it's maybe a, a match made in heaven here. Yeah. So the next song I just have next to Willow because it's also called Willow. I know you did. You did a very cute <laughs> playlist order. I like that. Yeah. So it's uh, Taylor Swift, her song Willow, but it's the 90s trend remix. And I think that's what I zeroed in on. What it like the 90s trend remix. I'm like the water when you sit rolled in that night. Rough on the surface, but you cut through like a knife. And if it was an open shut case, I never would have known from the look on your face. Lost in your current like a priceless wine. The more that you say, the less I know. Wherever you stray, I follow. I'm begging for you to take my hand. Wreck my plan, that's my man. Well, um, first of all, I got to say congratulations, because this is the first song from Evermore that I've heard in any capacity. So um, I'm not sure what the original sounds like. I, I read about it a little bit. Apparently, it's quite different. Um, but the, I mean, they do. She does say 90s trend in the lyrics. So I assumed that the parenthetical is more of a reference to the lyrics than to how it sounds, because it doesn't sound 90s to me. Um, the like oldest reference I could think of it sounding like is Jojo, which I hmm. think is early 2000s, right? Too little too late. I was just wondering if it was like, they're kind of referring to, Oh, I guess you're right about the, the lyrics, but like there's the guitar part in it. Sounds like it's 
and you can correct me if I'm totally wrong here as an actual guitar player, but it sounds like it's like through some heavy chorus pedal or something. I guess that's possible. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't sound nineties to my listens. It felt like a rehash of her. I knew you were trouble more than anything. And I really want to know who did this remix. There's like, not, could you, do you know? I couldn't I find actually. out. All it posts is it's that, not like, so. So it's like, not like dramatically fans. different. It's just okay. like different. Like the, I mean, the version that's on the record has that more organic feeling that you know, you know, if you've heard any of the, like her recent stuff, it's like the same vibe as all the other songs. Right. Yeah, I, I guess I probably should have heard the original. I just read about it, and everyone was like folk finger picking. Um, th- this sound, uh, it's got some of the like the drops that were really popular around. I knew you were trouble. What is that? Like 2013. Yeah. So it didn't feel nineties to me. I hoped that perhaps the nineties trend thing was just a reference to the lyric. I'm just dying to know who made this remix. It's so strange that it's not credited to Taylor Swift, like bust open Ableton and do this. I mean, it's possible. I wouldn't put it past her. I wouldn't either. I mean, it's Um, definitely like, okay, Willow is our our emphasis song, but we want to get this played on pop radio. And I feel like this is the compromise they arrived at. But they did a bunch of remixes of this, apparently. Yeah. None of which I've heard besides this. So I can't. This is the one that got traction, I guess. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I liked it. Good job, Taylor. Yeah. I, there's and, definitely songs I like more on that record. I feel like Willow seems like an arbitrarily chosen single, but I think the only one I've heard is Cardigan, which was the the lead single. Is that right? That was the lead single from the first one. Yeah, that's not Evermore. No, yeah, so yeah, she had like put out two records last year. Uh, uh, so yeah, this and this is one that was kind of like the surprise one. Got it. I got. I guess they both uh, yeah. were surprises, but like this wasn't like more so a surprise because you don't expect. Uh, see an immediate sequel to a surprise record. I felt that I would catch up with them later and it's June, 2021 and I have not yet. So I, uh, I mean, I they're sitting right there, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'll get, I, I think, I'll get I think Taylor Swift is really one of those things where some people like live in a Taylor Swift vibe, like all the time. I don't relate to that, but you know, there are times where like, yes, Taylor Swift, this is very good right now. I think if too many people are, are talking about the thing at once, I just want to wait and deal with it on my own terms. Um, but, you know, a lot of my listening time driving around in the car, I haven't had to do that so much in the past year and a half. So I haven't had great chances to catch up on the, the Taylor Swift double L, twin LPs. What do you um, listen to in the car? Do you listen to radio or just? I listen to radio and I, I if I'm driving alone, that's like my, my favorite time to catch up on new records. Um, and since I haven't had as much drive time, I'm picking and choosing a little bit more, I guess. <laughs> um, let's do another like pretty big hit right now. Okay, let's the, the do Doja it. The Doja Cat and SZA song, Kiss Me More.
Niggas wishing that the pussy was a kissing booth. Taste breakfast, lunch, and gin and juice. And that dinner just like dessert, too. And when we French, refresh, give me two. When I bite that lip, come get me two. He want lipstick, lip gloss, hickeys, too. Yeah, speaking of chorusy guitar, this is all over it. Um, I like this song a lot. I had heard it before, but I hadn't listened really closely. And I actually didn't realize that the chorus was an interpolation of physical until <laughs> until this listen. So nice. <laughs> Very subtle. That one kind of hit me right away, but I, I wasn't sure if that was just like one of those things where you have to like credit it, you know? I guess you have to credit everything now. Yeah, um, they did. I mean, it is credited, uh, as is Dr. Luke. Why? Come on. They can they can absolutely do better. Why, why yeah. are we still going down that road? Um, I mean, especially at this point, like, as you, they must know that they'll get some flack for it. Yeah. Is it a contract thing? Like, why, why would anyone make this choice? But the other, I like the production on it. I'm going to choose to believe that none of it has to do with Dr. Luke. There's a lot of cool sounds happening in here. I feel like disco light is just the, the thing these days. And it's a great build on say so this single. Um, and I didn't know she's got like a Doja Cat, at least Yeti beats is like her usual producer. And he's done. Um, he did that Tia Tamara song with uh, Rico nasty. It's a, it, I like this one. Thumb, thumb, two thumbs up. All right. I agree with that. I don't really feel like I have a lot to say about it though. It just I has, my just, notes yeah, are, it feels nice. It's a good I radio song. I wrote down Dr. Luke. Why? so i just looked it up and like i'm not really sure why he has a credit but like the main producers on this are yeti beats and roger shahed yeah who my friend manages and has been having quite the couple year run oh man he seems cool so uh, to him i also pose dr luke why um. Yeah, I think that I think that's I think that's the person you have to ask. Like, how, it's very unclear to me what his role in this song is. Like, maybe he like added like one melodic bit or something. I don't. We'll never know. Yeah. They were all in the room at some point, I guess. So they all get get the points. Or more likely, they were all on the same conference. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> something made in the past year or so. The Zoom room. Yeah. Okay, let's do a couple TikTok songs. Okay, let's do it. So, uh, the Pink Pantheris song, Pain. this and i cannot find any information about her what do, what do you know please tell me 
we're, we're on the same page here because I really love this one. I wrote about it like a week ago. Nice. And, and I Why found, didn't like, I find what is it what you wrote published? Because I was Googling her hard and I could not find anything other than. I, I might just have awful SEO at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like last week, I guess. Um, okay. And when I was looking into that, I just found like one little interview with her and she was just like, she's just this girl who does music on TikTok, And like, but she was like, oh, yeah, I just kind of like chose the name for my account as pink Pantheris. And I'm just kind of stuck with this name now. And she's <laughs> like, that British. That's the only fact I could. She's British. Um, yeah. I have like no real context for like who she is. Like my feeling is that she's, just kind of a rando, you know, just okay. like in the best way. Like, I don't she's think she's got she re- a ton of Instagram followers, not yeah. like a million, but like 70,000 or something. And the one thing I thought about it, I was like, kind of reminds me of Claro. Our one mutual is Claro. Yeah. <laughs> so Claro's already on board. Great. Love so, what that. were you responding to musically in this? Uh, I think the harmonies are really cool. They're a little weird. It's, I'm a sucker for like a 90 second song. Um, and at the very tail end, you know, I'm a sucker for a key change and I'm a sucker for a tempo change. And it just uh, re-enters, slowed down and and pitched down. And I, I just, yeah, it's very, lis- it's very <laughs> listenable. Sounds like such a like backhanded compliment. <laughs> I mean, you but I listen to so. it a million times in a row. It's really, it's a great song. I like the the drum part in it. I like that it mm. has, it's a little break beady. I mean, the way I put it on, I just looked it up. The, the way I put it on the site was that it feels like kind of a very caffeinated trip hop song. Yeah, I like that. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I, need, I like I her voice. Her I like yeah. that she's kind of like a little bit R and B, a little. She's, I mean, she's like a lot of things now, where like all these different vocal cadences have kind of blurred together. Sure. I guess I. I this is the one song I have as a reference point. I, I wanted to dig deeper on all of these, but was like, maybe it's, maybe I shouldn't come in knowing too, too much yeah. about these people I've never heard before. I, w- I would recommend um, more for her. I think she's, she's also a, she's on one a... I will absolutely check out more of. I really like this song. I think this, this might be my favorite, my favorite one, at least of the people I hadn't heard before. She's also on a really, hold on. Give me one second here. I can't remember yeah. what the name of the DJ is. Oh yeah, she's on a like a, a Gold Link song called Avion, which is really good. Okay, so, that is on my to do list. Yeah, along with the two Taylor Swift albums, but yes. I'll probably get to Pink Panthers first. Yeah, I have a good feeling about Pink Panthers. I see good things for her, and I feel like she has a very organic kind of TikTok fame, which is I don't think always the case. And I think she makes her beats. She the one of the yeah, things I found produces. was a whole reddit thing of people like arguing that she hadn't credited the thing she sampled when actually she has given a lot of credit to the person so this is like all i could find we got to get some more clicks on on your track review so i can find that before i find reddit squabbling yeah but yeah like she she's just kind of a diy beat maker who's it's working out i feel like she's probably gonna end up signed to like a major or something yeah she'll deserve it I, i like it a lot so the other big TikTok person we have here is the full-on TikTok celebrity Bella Porch. This ain't build a bitch. You don't get to pick and choose. Different ass and bigger boobs. If my eyes are bright or blue. This ain't build a bitch. I'm filled with flaws and attitudes. So if you need perfect, I'm not good for you. Yeah, 
No, and I actually, I think this is like the one person I didn't Google for some reason, even though I liked this song a lot too. Uh, Build a bitch. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of Melanie Martinez, kind of. Uh, mm. But also like Glee slash Wicked or something like that. Yes. It's got a real <laughs> musical theater vibe. And one of my favorite songs when I was a kid was um, Independent Woman Part 2, the Destiny's Child, like, version of the song that kind of sounds like a like a steamboat willy cartoon or something like <laughs> like a you know factory cartoon soundtrack and this has that kind of production that um really tickles me in, in that way so yeah i like this one a lot do you want to know the weirdest fact about bella porch i want to know every fact but yeah let's start with the weirdest she's a navy veteran wow she spent four years in the navy that is interesting you don't really get that in your uh, your upcoming pop stars and you know TikTok influencers. But no, yeah. I can't think of too many too many pop stars I know with any military history. Okay, so what what else about her? Give me some more Bella Porch facts. She's there was <laughs> TikTok famous. <laughs> yeah, she's TikTok famous. Like she has like some controversies. Like one of the more notable ones is that uh, she got a tattoo of the rising sun flag. Uh, okay. Ja- you know, as yeah. a symbol of Japanese imperialism, uh, which uh, many considered offensive to some Southeast and East Asians, mm-hmm. uh, and she apologized mm-hmm. and immediately had it covered. Okay. Um, she uh, she's Filipina herself. Okay. So the whole thing there, um, yeah. My I don't know everything about her, but like my my feeling is like she's someone who's kind of. Uh, Whereas some of the TikTok stars are really like squeaky clean, she seems a little bit more messy. Okay, yeah, I'm look. I can't believe this is like the one person I didn't look into when this is one along with the uh, Pink Panthers one. You had these like right two in a row for, on um on the playlist you sent me with Doja Cat that, before that it. One and was, I was actually like, a coincidence. I didn't realize that Pink Panthers was a TikTok thing. But it's I, I don't even mean that they're TikTok things. Those were like three of my favorites right in a row. Yeah. So a strong block there. Yeah, I will look into her more as well. Does this so she only has this single though? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. She's oh, wow. <laughs> starting strong. Uh, how do you I yeah, I, I the more I think about things, the more I just feel ancient. I'm like, she's got close to eighty million followers off one single. That's it is a wild world online. Yeah, one of the I think the TikTok start of like basically led to that. I think that's a, that's a, seems to be the case now. You build up your fame and then you pivot to music. Mm-hmm. There's another one that I can't remember which one. Maybe it was um, Vault Boy, who I was looking at his Instagram and he it, like four weeks ago. He's like, "Thanks everyone for the." nice words on my first song ever. <laughs> it's like, what? yeah, let's actually just jump the, let's jump the vault boy here. The okay, song, everything sucks. He's a singer songwriter from Jacksonville, Florida. Nice. <sighs> everything sucks. Just kidding. Everything is great. No, really. I haven't thought about 
my ex today. Oh wait, fuck, I just did. But I went outside for the first time in a few days, and it felt nice. And I might try doing exercise. I wanna forget my bad days, all my bad days, and be okay, and be okay. Spend my spare change down at the arcade. Yeah, and he, he and this the this song "Everything Sucks" was part of a thing he was doing on TikTok where he was writing a song every day and posting it, and this one just really clicked and went viral. And this was his first song ever. I think maybe officially released. Okay. I mean, clearly he's written lots of songs. If this is like you know part of a process of this is he wrote this on day twelve. Hard for me to know because Dylan, um, my boyfriend showed me some. Uh, I guess it's hyper pop, but it, I, I couldn't. It wouldn't have been clear to me that it was hyper pop until like a minute in the other day. Some band, and they it was like their fourth song they've ever written, and it's like hugely popular. So it's blowing me away that people are you know counting on one hands the songs they've written, um, <laughs> and they have to reach this many people. If if that were true of my teenage songs, I'd be so sad about. <laughs> Do you have any songs that you wrote back then that you feel like had viral potential? Because I feel like everything sucks as a title, as a song is like, okay, yeah, this is this is real viral fuel. People are going to be like, like everything does suck. It's well written. There's plenty. I'm not going to name names, but there's plenty of stuff I see come out in indie world from like 18 year olds. And I'm like, I wish a label had just like let them wait two years because it's not they're not quite there yet. This I think everything sucks is good. Um, I did have kind of a viral song when I was a teenager that was like the number two song on MySpace. And the things surrounding me were like James Blunt and Dashboard Confessional. And I have no explanation as to why that song was viral on MySpace for. Wait, you know, which song was it? Like a song I wrote when I was a teenager. Is, is it is it is it available now? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I will do everything in my power to keep my teenage music away from <laughs> I, yeah i was just wondering like why you're being cagey about even like naming it <laughs> it's, it's called 16 it's literally about turning 16 it's i don't think it's a bad song um and i don't think it's badly like recorded or anything it's just like so far from any kind of music i've made in the you know it's juvenilia uh, how old am i 15, 16 years since then yeah. um i did go on there's a podcast that I can't remember the name of now because it's changed names. I should remember it. Like Bad Songwriter Podcast, possibly, where they have people talk through their their songs as that they wrote when they were young. Um, and I, di- I think a snippet of it is on that podcast. But beyond that, teenage my teenage music might as well be Vault Boy because it's staying in the vault. But I guess that makes sense, though, because I was saying like the, everything sucks just as a concept is really easy for people to click into. And the song called 16 about being 16 <laughs> is kind of the same thing. Yeah, 16, but 16 with Bush as president. So it's, you know, about that, too. Um, I liked I think the first two lines of the song are really funny to me, even though they're they're very like teen sentiments. I love lyrics that undo themselves within the same line. And, and that's like the whole conceit of this song. Um, and. Ball Boy's voice is really nice. There's like kind of dinky sounding in a in a lo-fi charming way Casio production for most of it, other than the like big halftime drop choruses. Uh, so I like I like this. Ball Boy gets a thumbs up from me. 
man, the, the video for it, like as of this is as of a few months ago, was already at like three million views and climbing. Good for you, Vault Boy. Yeah, Vault Boy, you you're gonna get everything you deserve. Uh, let's do the other song. <laughs> In a about good way, that sucking. sounds so threatening. <laughs> you're gonna get, yeah, you're gonna get what you <laughs> you're gonna get what's yeah. coming to you, Vault Boy. Success and virality. Um, yeah, so this, this about- other song like Justice Bennett's "Real Life Sucks." <laughs> Does real life suck? Um, it sucks. Mm. With an everything X, sucks. We've already established that with Vault Boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I, again, props on the sequencing to put these uh, suck, sucky songs next to each other. Um, I don't know. Tell me what you think about this one first, because I was this was I was not crazy for this one. I preferred the Vault Boy one too. This one just seemed kind of a little corny to me. Yeah, I can't. There's a lot on here that are like production turnoffs for me that make it hard for me to get into the the song. So I don't even, I can't even honestly remember how this song goes. I just remember the parts of it that like were kind of icky to me. Um, I have a hard time with gang vocals other than like a few exceptions. I really agree with you there. And I've, there's I've, a lot it's of always been vocals. a huge turnoff to me. I, the only person who's recently been able to get away with it, and I absolutely love it, is Illuminati Hotties. Um, but until I started hearing some Sarah Tuds and songs with gang vocals, I've always just been like, no, I'll get my coat. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's like the the snare sound on this is something that's happening on a lot of these songs, but it's like extra harsh here. It's like lifelessly compressed. It's got that like kind of harsh like FM noise thing synced to it. There's like a kick and snare on every beat happening at some point. There's like a lot of just, yeah, like cheesiness. It, it, to it me. feels kind of blunt and clumsy. Yes, I will. I will accept that. D- did you check in on any like his his background at all? I know that he lives in. Raleigh and is from Seattle. Yes. He's 21. He's mainly a TikTok guy as far as I can tell. Yeah. And he's like, he's kind of like very blandly handsome. Okay. Good for you, Justice. Um, I feel like if it had had different production, I might not have been so like to it. And I don't know if he produces himself. I got the impression that he is. There's there's time to, there's time to learn more tricks. Let's do the. I threw out a K-pop Sorry. song I like a Sorry, lot. Sorry, Justice. I did look up a new, an ADHD medication that I was not aware of because of the lyrics of the song. So that's that's one thing. <laughs> a public service. Yeah, Vivance. Uh, so I, I put on a, a a K-pop song I like a lot. This group called Stacy. Uh, a song called ASAP. Stacy. 
건 누구에겐 돈 You know I'm so dope 더는 못 기다려줘 원래 나는 좀 참을성이 없는 몸 솔직한 게 좋은 걸 But you gotta know yeah, yeah. 달콤하기만 해도 싫었어 Check it 믿어 좀 가작한 거는 나도 구분해 반짝할 거면 시작도 없는 This was this was cute. I like I I I wouldn't say I heard this and like lost my mind. There've been I feel like every time I hear a K-pop band I'm hearing about them for the kind of the first time. Um I had a funny moment googling this band because the first result was like have they broken up? And the second result is like when did they form? And the answer was last year. <laughs> um, uh I thought it was I liked it. I I remember there being a lot of like cute samples and talky and little synth sounds and um the chorus was cute and it actually has a better snare sound than a lot of the like it's like not unrelated to the justice bennett's snare but it's like a nice version of it um so i liked it but but i of the i liked all the what did you give me two k three two, two. or three k-pop things yeah. So I like the other one a lot more, That's but I did like this. With yes. next level. I, I mean, the, 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 my thing with the Stacy song is it really does a thing that I really like a lot in K-pop, where it's just throwing a million things at you at once. But it I feel like the other one is so, like quite truly next level. But yeah, there's a lot going on on this yeah. one. I, I I love a good maximalism. I like how like a lot of K-pop sounds like the universe that Basement Jacks had in mind. Mm. Yeah, I think this is probably why I gen- I generally I don't know that I've been showed K-pop that I don't like. Um, but there's some I'm like hell yeah to and some I'm like, "Oh, this is cute." And Stacy was more the 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 song felt very cute to me. So, what was your feeling on the Ace song Next Level? I'm on the next level. Yeah, 我的心里 love it. There is so much happening. It's got this like cowboy holler shit right at the the start. Like, do you? <laughs> um, it's like sinister. The synth b- bass is so sinister. There's so much fun stuff happening on the vocals, like weird delay throws. Um, I guess there are some like gang vocal type moments, and I don't. I love them, so that's a good sign. And there, it goes into one bridge that's like kind of. I, I thought it was like their jazz bridge, and then it goes into another jazz bridge that's more like vaudeville. <laughs> Um, and I only loved it more when I started to Google what this band is all about. So you, what did you find there? I don't really know too much about them. So there are 
human members and AI members of this band. Wait, okay. Um, I, re- I regret not are, looking into that. <laughs> the songs are like basically an RPG, elaborate sci-fi universe um, called Quenya. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But in the music video for this song, they reveal the coordinates of the like mystical universe. And the coordinates are the location of their like record label's office. Oh my God. Um, okay. That really is next of, level. Like, They're not kidding around. That is next no, level. They went all out on backstory, on sounds, on genres. I, I will continue to follow this group. <laughs> I really liked it. Does like hearing music that's just kind of like all over the place like this, th- does it inspire you in any way as a writer? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I like stuff that's got like too many details crammed in. Um, they, they're, they're taking on a lot with this song and I wish I knew what the lyrics were. Cause I, I do kind of love some, I love me some Ren Faire indie rock. Um, so some like RPG K-pop is way up my alley. Uh, I want to know more about this, this universe they're building. And apparently their previous single like establishes the whole universe and the characters and stuff. So <laughs> there's some stuff. Oh my to God. Catch I, up I need to go deeper on that. Oh my God. Um, I, I do find that like a lot of these K-pop stuff you can find just sometimes on genius, but all their just other sites, they just have like extensive, uh, translations and like as mm-hmm. many languages they can, as, as they can handle. Um, so let's go back to the original <laughs> YouTube boy, Justin Bieber. With, oh boy. With Daniel Caesar and Giveon Peaches. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh yeah, shit. I get my weed from California. That's that shit. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. Badass bitch. I get my light right from the source, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I see you. Oh. The way I breathe you in. Hey. It's the texture of your skin. What do you know about Daniel Caesar and Giveon? Because I don't know much at all. I know nothing about them, yeah. So... I think I'd like this song better without Justin Bieber on it, to be totally frank. I think this is Some a true thing saying, about I'm most Justin like, Bieber hits now. Yeah, I'm like, this he's is always not just his kind life. of like this guy who's giving a benediction to the rest of the music. Justin Bieber is not taking his trick up to the North yet. Badass bitch. I'm sorry. And he did like some other song this year where he was like cosplaying as a coal miner. I just, I feel like Justin Bieber's trying on too many outfits all the time. That's my (laughs) (laughs) but I like I read about how they made it and I was interested in the like production of it. Um, That's a good vibe to it. It's a good it's got a good chill summer song kind of thing. Truly, if I knew nothing about Justin Bieber, I would I would have liked it more. And I I like the parts that are not sung by him, I think, more. Um, And I'm not like a Bieber hater. I'm just like, I'm pretty Bieber neutral. He's not getting his peaches down in Georgia. Come on. I mean, he gets his weed from California. <laughs> he took his chick up to the north. Is it his chick? Yeah, he took. He, I took my I chick up said to my the north. Chick. No, he says. Like, well, I mean, the, the lyrics I'm looking at says chick. Okay. I, yeah. I maybe I misheard him. And I get my light right from the source, and that's God? I think I think yes, because he's a yeah. huge God guy. Okay. All right. All right. 
So he's horny. He likes weed. So and he loves I'm, God. Maybe my complaint is unfounded. I I read that he wrote this hanging out with Sean Mendez and he just like was playing drums and made a drum beat and they built it around that, which I think is I'm like, okay, that's, that's some good credibility for the, the beeb. And then they just posted this jam on Instagram. Someone else involved just screen grabbed it, like sped it up and added different drums. <laughs> and that was like the, the origin of the production of peaches that feels very futuristic to me yes. in a way that I'm I'm kind of fascinated by. What is the better Peaches song, this or the Presidents of the United States of America? I gotta go with the Presidents, but um, I mean that, you know, I already told you, I like when a song slows down and changes key. And mm. uh, the Presidents gave that to me in the 90s. So that that's my winner. How about you? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Presidents, but I, I do think like this Bieber song has a is a good vibe. It's a, it's a good radio song. It's a, I don't really feel like I'd want to hear the song intentionally. I like I do hearing not it kind of randomly. It at all. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't dislike it at all. Yeah. I'm just a little I, bit. Come on. But yeah. the other guys sound great. Let's do the Foo Fighters song. They have a song called "Making a Fire." It's from their brand new record. I think it's their tenth album. two versions of the song okay good I, w- I was hoping that you check in because there's also um the version that's like remixed by mark ronson yeah but it's like it's basically like mark ronson took the the i don't believe they recut the vocal it's like the original vocal and that's kind of my only complaint it like sh- probably should have been recut but it's basically the dap kings playing <laughs> just playing over the vocal tracks right and I think specifically, like, they just try like make this simulacrum of, like, early 70s Rolling Stones. That's exact. It, I didn't know that's what they were doing, but that's exactly what it sounded like to me. It, yeah. it sounds like a composite of most of the songs on uh, Exile on Main Street, you know, Exile on Main Street. It has an extreme, like, Exile on Main Street energy to it.
Yeah, it's it's a fun reimagining. I kind of wish they'd gotten the the backing vocals. I don't think were recut, and they sound exactly appropriate for that like Rolling Stones at that time thing. Um, I feel like they could have got Dave Grohl to, to do a different vocal that's less. He he gives it so okay. I need to back up. When I first heard the the album version of this song, it sounds like Soundgarden to me, and I feel oh, like he's giving his like best like Soundgarden impression or something, which is like you know v- giving vocals all you've got. I feel like the Mark Ronson version could have stood for a slightly more relaxed vocal take, but yeah, I still like, the vibe I still like of it, it is more chill. Yeah, it's like his voice is cracking and it's perfect for the original one, which is like, it's not like math rock, but the, you know, the verses are in a different time signature as the chorus. It's like kind of riff heavy. It it works perfectly for that arrangement. Um, and I, I could have st- stood a, a chiller vocal on the Mark Ronson Rolling Stones cut. <laughs> Did you happen to cut. flick through the anything else on that Foo Fighters record? No, I haven't yet. I honestly didn't know it had come out, and I feel stupid, but I will now. <laughs> it's um, that's the one I liked the most on the record. But the thing that I find interesting in that one is they're sort of, kind of flirting with the idea of having a bit more swing in their rhythm to be like a little bit more disco-y and like they just mm. made like a disco thing where they they covered a bunch of Bee Gees songs and discified a few of their other songs. Yeah. So, like it's, it's something that he's like, they're, they've gotten into, but I feel like they're not committing all the way on it. Well, I, I'll say, um, Speedy played with Foo Fighters at Fenway a couple years ago. It was a very fun show. Um, and Dave girl was very nice. The whole band was very nice to all of us. And my mom was with us and, and, uh, Dave and my mom had a really nice chat and he was talking to us about his daughter and how she was getting him into all this um, new pop and R&B and rap music. Um, so I'm not surprised to hear that he's bringing in some more of that production stuff because that's like what he wanted to talk to me about with new music. Um, and I think it's really interesting that Greg Kirsten produced this because I feel like his dis- got, he basically I feel like does all the stuff with the cool like pop women that I like who kind of want to bring in some weird rock shit. Like he made one of my favorite Britney Spears songs. That's like not an album track. He has the like Charlie XCX. I mean, he works with everybody, Maggie Rogers. Um, but I think it's interesting that, that Greg Kirsten produced that album. So I'm curious to hear what the other songs are like. Greg Kirsten is so interesting because he really does work with such a wide range of people, including like, you know, he did uh, McCartney. Like mm-hmm. he did, like he did uh, Beck's Colors. Colors, which I uh, love. I love how that album sounds. Yeah. Yeah. That record is underrated. I mean, it's, I, which is a weird thing to say because I feel like it's actually one of his most commercially successful records, but I think a lot of older Beck fans hate that record. I got to hear, um, I got to hear some of it a little bit early because I was working with someone who was working on it. And I feel like I can't reveal because I might get them in trouble, but I, I heard it like well before it came out and was like, Holy shit, like another pristine and interesting and different sounding Beck record. I, I really like colors. Um, and I love, yeah. What? He still got it. And Greg Hurston, <laughs> I don't think he's, wor- he's produced something I haven't liked. 
I feel like Greg Kurson doesn't get enough credit because I feel like there's other people who have who occupy a similar kind of space. Like one of the, the most obvious thing would be uh, Jack Antonoff, right? But Jack Antonoff goes like the opposite direction of Greg. Greg Kurson stuff is like filled with details. It's like pretty weird. I feel yeah. like the Jack Antonoff stuff is really straightforward and stripped back. And that's like the yeah. trend right now. And I like the, the more Greg Kurston style of over the top weird rock details in a big pop song. I love what he did with Maggie Rogers. Mm-hmm, me too. That record is so good. I feel like that record like in time will definitely be considered like a big classic. I think it kind so of is to the people who care about it, but I think like b- more broadly. Yeah. I'm kind of, so, I feel like there's so much stuff that's maybe not quite at the level of Maggie Rogers, but I can think of a lot of big time indie stuff of the past few years where everyone's like copying it. I'm surprised I haven't seen a, like Maggie Rogers copycats. Maybe it'd be hard to, cause it's so unique. Yeah. I think some of it, like, I think it's hard to kind of do the kind of melodies she writes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I can, anyway, between Greg Kirsten and Mark Ronson, two pretty cool, very different productions of a song that I really like. Yeah. I also love the detail of, uh, Dave Grohl talking to your mom. Cause I feel like Dave Grohl is probably like the number one rock star to have talk to your mom. That not your I, mom, but everyone's mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom definitely had some rock star buds when she was my age. Um, but he was so sweet and his mom, I guess was writing a book and he was talking to my mom about that. Um, and then his daughter was singing like backing vocals for him. And she's on, on when I first heard this, I was like, I wonder if his daughter is one of the, the backing vocalist, and she was. I have never heard anyone say a bad word about the Foo Fighters. Anytime I've ever heard anyone say, like, they've had an encounter with them, it's always positive. Yeah, every single person in the band was, like, so unbelievably nice to to all of us and our crew. Um, Really feel lucky that we got to to play with them. I'm going to assume that's not always the case without having you, like, name names. Honestly... I've been, we've been so lucky. And I say this all the time, especially when I hear about like some kind of new band with Buzz, like acting like a jerk. Everyone big we've played with is so nice and is so nice to like the person on the crew with like probably the lowest payroll. Um, And I feel like to do this, you know, it's not like a thankless industry, but for entertainment, it's some of the lowest budgets in the. in any career path, I feel like you got to be in it for certain kinds of reasons that, that have to do with like connection and kindness. And I don't know, I, I don't really have any horror stories I have are of like brand new bands that aren't around in a couple of years. Yeah. And that feels exactly right. Because if you're going to be in this world, you should be making positive connections. Yeah. Yeah. Food Fighters, definitely really, really sweet people. At least from, you know, yeah, at, at least sweet to, for the sake of, you know, talking to the, the support band. <laughs> support bands, which were us in like Dinosaur Jr. It's so funny. So are you familiar with Gus Dapperton? I was not, but he's uh, Philly-ish. He, he's a Drexel student. and I, 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 believe he's, he's I, I believe he's currently on hold from it. He'll, but yeah, he, he, he's a Drexel, Drexel will be guy. here for him when he when he wants to come back. <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking into him, because uh, I, I was aware of him just from like, because he's just been around a little bit for a while. But uh, I, I like the detail that he currently lives with his parents. I like that too. It's like he's the Gwen 24. Stefani thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and he's the thing that I found with Gus Dapperton is he's one of these artists who is quite popular with people around his age or younger, but I feel like does not exist to people like over 30. I did not know who he was. I Googled him and was like, he is dressing like porches circa 2017. And then found that a lot of people have that opinion. Um, so no, I had not heard of him, but I, I did like it. It took me a second to decide how I felt. Cause it's kind of a, it's like ruminative or something. It kind yeah, of the song I chose was uh, post humorous, and I, that was almost sort of arbitrary. I just like what was the Points most for the recent title, song? For sure. Yeah, that's because a- he has like a bunch of songs that are like pretty popular on streaming, and that was the most recent, really big one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wanted. I felt like it was going to build to like a big chorus or something, and then it did not. So I was not quite sure how to feel. But on repeat listens, I feel like. The point of it is not to change registers. It's about like a, it's like really drilling down on a feeling. Yeah. Uh, so I, he, I he's very that. vibey. It's not really dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not immediately gonna like run out and find every Gus Dapperton song, which I'm gonna do for Pink Panthers. Um, but I like this, and I, I will keep, I'll keep my eye out for more. I, I agree with you on that because I feel like he has talent and he has something but i feel like he's probably not i feel like there's a breakthrough that hasn't happened yet that's possible or it could just be i feel like the things that like really tickle me aren't always the things that uh you know it's like returning to the conversation of like olivia rodrigo i'm like shocked that i like the thing that everyone's so into um i feel like a lot of times the things things that get huge i'm like where's the hook like it's not there's not enough change for me um, and that that might be the case with this particular song, but that doesn't mean. Yeah, I, I understand why it's popular, <laughs> even if it's not ticking off every checkbox of things that I, I like to happen in a song. Yeah, and I feel it also like he is definitely like of this moment, especially like I mean I did a whole playlist of this kind of stuff where it's kind of like this really like zoned out vibey indie music. And I feel like he's a little bit more pop than that, but it's still mm. like in the same universe as like your crumbs. and you know. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Yeah. I, I liked it. I, I am going to, especially because if, you know, if he was from um, Nebraska, I might be less invested than knowing that he's just over some bridges uh, <laughs> from me. So uh, we have one more song. You know left. what I did think about oh, it? I remember I was like, this is like if um, if like Maroon 5 covered Alex G. <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like an insult, but it's not. No, no. But yeah, I, I know exactly what you're, you mean, though. Because it's like it has the indie thing, but also has that bit of pop gloss. And it's like a weird marriage. But I feel like he's making it work. Yeah, definitely. Gus Dapperton. And with that name, name, I was like, I was waiting for a British person, but fooled uh, me. It's an alias. I can't remember what his real name is, but it's just, uh, it's pretty. I think it's like Brian or something. That sounds more Philly. Yeah, more Jersey. But I I, I like the idea. The idea, like I I shall have this uh, persona of Gus Dapperton. I will have a green bowl cut. Yeah, it's a funny name for the style that he wears. Yeah, I wonder. If he has, if it is a character to him. That's fun. 
I'll be more on board if it's, I, I love a character. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got one more song of the songs I selected. Uh, Billie Eilish, Lost Cause. Summer's in the... Something's in the air right now Like I'm losing track of time Like I don't really care right now But maybe that's fine You weren't even there that day I was waiting on you I wonder if you were aware that day Was the last straw for me and I know I sent you flowers, did you even care? You ran the shower and left them by the stairs Thought you had your shit together, but damn, I was wrong You were nothing but a lost cause and this ain't nothing like it once was I know you think you're such an outlaw But you got no job You ain't nothing but a lost cause Yeah So you she's done probably... kind of a career pivot She's kind of trying a new energy She's done a career pivot But there's a lot that stayed the same in a good way um, She still has incredible vocal control And inflection And it's just gotten better. Um, I, I do have a big soft spot for Phineas, her brother's like creepier production where he would bring in all these like Foley sounds and uh, a lot of eeriness. But I like, I like what he does with a more understated arrangement. Like it's probably not a real drum, right? But it, it sounds so, so natural and so um, roomy in a way that, that I think some of her, Older stuff did not. Um, yeah, if I had to guess, I would think it's probably like an interesting filter on a program beat. Yeah, well, it's sure like a it. it's like a brush snare sound that seems to vary, but I feel like it like, must like be. maybe it's from a sample pack or something. Yeah, he might be grabbing a bunch of different different brush snares, so it doesn't sound too slick, um, which is something I really like about her production. It's really interesting. I feel like I read. I can't remember which recording magazine, but I did read what he does, and they use all cheap mics. It just feels very, for stuff that's probably a, a lot done in MIDI, it feels really human and really homegrown, um, even as she kind of gets into more of this like torch singer register. So I really, I like this one. I'm, I'm very excited for this album. Have you heard the other songs from it I that have been released? I'm, I, it looks like four have been released. And I think I've heard three. Um, I can't remember which one I have not, but I've liked everything I've heard so far. Have you heard this album? No, not in, not in full. Just these songs that have come out. I, it's I've long. always been like a little like. <laughs> You're not on board. With, with I don't really train. have any like strong feelings about her uh, on a musical level. There's a few songs from the previous one that I like a lot. I like that song, Bury a Friend. That yep, that's right? my favorite. That one's really good. Oh, I like um, My Strange Addiction too. But yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously like a uh, bad guy. Bad guy is pretty undeniable. Yeah, but, I don't. I think they're going for something pretty different this time, but I think they're they're pulling it off. 
I, I feel like they made the right call to not continue moving in that vein. Cause I feel like, well, you know, they've already, they, they, they really mined that quite a bit, but it also, um, you know, it's good to show like a, a bit of growth. And I think either way they were going to shed some fans because like they had so many really young teen people and teens are notoriously fickle and like to move on from, you know, I'm, I'm an adult now. And they created this whole style that, that has become so influential to other pop producers that I feel like they would have to do a departure or they'd just be competing against all their copycats, you know? Yeah. And that sucks. Cause then, you know, I have a that, really that, that's cute, a bad feeling. Billie Eilish story. Do you want to, do you want to, Oh yeah. It? Um, I guess we said, yeah, we said we wouldn't do anyone I knew. I know, I know one and a half people. I know, I know the Foo Fighters and I know, um, Billie Eilish played right after Speedy Ortiz on like the Fader Fort. I think it was, I can't remember. I, th- I want to say Fader Fort, some South by Southwest stage. And I feel like left- Fader Fort is kind of like, it just stands for a whole range of experiences, <laughs> you know, it doesn't I, have to necessarily be Fort. a Fader Fort. Oh, you know what? It was that, that she played right before us. And she like left her backpack on stage and like halfway through our first song. And I remember someone being like, yeah, this is some like, you know, teen social media viral star. I hadn't heard of her before. Um, she ran out and like grabbed her backpack in the middle of our first song. And I was like, that's so cute. And then like a year later, she's, you know, like the biggest pop artist in, in the world. Um, so that's my Billie Eilish uh, near brush with, her in a pre-fame state you knew her when i know it's so cute <laughs> just like left her thing it was like it was like you know a thing in a tv show where like a kid has left their backpack and runs out to get it it was very much like interacting with a teen um and to see her transform into this huge and still very self-assured and creatively in control artist has is really uh an- another one where i'm like yeah like the world is picking something that i like and i agree yeah, I, th- I think the world is starting to move towards uh, a, a different energy than we've had in the past decade or so. And it's, it's sort of inevitable, but it's also uh, it's refreshing, you know? Yeah. You, you, things can't stay the same for too long. Is there anything, any songs that you would like to give a shout out before we wrap this up? Of like new things that I like? Yeah, just like, like something, anything that's kind of, you know, hit you that was part of this little uh, game. Um, I love, I've been loving Cola boy lately. He had an album out. I want to say about a week ago. Um, I'm part of this union of musicians and allied workers that uh, is like, we're not quite a union, but we are doing um, basically work to improve conditions for, for musicians and for our communities. And we did it. We hosted a, a benefit concert in Minecraft, which is one of the most fun things I've ever booked in my life. Um, and I, think I, was able, I think I'm too old to even visualize how that works. <laughs> I did not have a Minecraft, but weirdly, all the people I invited who were a little bit older than me were the people who did have Minecraft accounts because they have kids. So we got um, Eve Six to play it, and uh, John from that band had a Minecraft account already. Um, Ted Leo played, and, and he got Minecraft. Um, I'm trying to think who else backwash played who I just had an album out this week that I appear on. It's great. I'll, I'll give a shout out to that. Um, but Cola boy was someone I did not book and was just like really into from what I heard. And I really liked this new album. What was uh, the vibe on that? I'm, 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 I've never heard Cola boy. 
It's like, there's like vague, my mom was like, sounds like Studio 54. There's like some vague disco guitar stuff going on. Uh, I want to say like, Andrew. Like a from, Rogers kind of deal? A little bit, yeah. Andrew from MGMT, I think, does some production on it, and possibly it's released through their record label. Um, it's just really good songwriting that is about like community and lots of fun layers and I really like the singing and yeah Cola Boy with two Y's One, open it Two, read it Three, roll it in a ball Four, throw it away Five, forget about it Six, light cigarette Seven, are you ready? Eight, let's go In the mailbox There's a letter Inside in my mailbox, so many letters, paper stacking up to the sky. What to do with it? Let's roll it up, roll it till we get some. No jury duty. I ain't showing up. Oh, in the Marina record, I'm fucking so into. <laughs> If we're gonna talk big pop things, um, I'm really liking her album. Oh, so what, I haven't heard that one either. So, like, what is the, that one like? Um, she worked with Jen DeSilvio to produce some of it. So there's a lot of it's just like really over the top. It's it sounds like Queen at, at certain times, but there's some cool guitar stuff. Every song has like six sections that all could be, you know, six big hooks that all could be the chorus and. Um, it's just very smartly arranged and I'm still uncovering details from it. Some of the lyrics are like flat out ridiculous. It's like, we didn't start the fire feminism, but, um, but it, I'm like 110% on board. Yeah. It sounds like they're going for camp. It's so campy. Yes. Whatever you give life, you will get back. What be a wallflower when you can be a Venus flytrap? I never quite fit into that Hollywood thing. I didn't play that game for the money or the fame. I did it, my baby. Nothing in this world could change me. Don't underestimate me, cause one day you're gonna see a What else? What am I missing that you're liking? Oh, God. Well, I have a website you should check out. <laughs> I, um, I feel like in some ways, like, I have, like, this whole thing to this. So I can be like, well, just check. Just go to the playlist and you'll find him. Well, we should point everyone to Pom Pom Squad since we talked about Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, Pom Pom Squad is definitely one I've been listening to a lot. I really love her single, Crying. Yeah, it's great fantastic. song. The, the I love how really she's good. like referring to all these classic songs across the record. It hits me and it feels like a kiss. They said, just write a song and you'll get over it. Over and the same thing over and over again. I can't, I can't. I can't feel anything 
I saw her perform at the Frequency Festival that my friend Chris Wade put together. Cool. Um, and then that, I mean, I, I wasn't physically there. I was what it was a streaming festival, and I was really impressed by like how much charisma that they collectively got over just in that kind of format. It was like God, like yeah, it, it, it's like the real deal. It's like the yeah, yeah, the real stardom she has. Yeah, I'm excited to see um, where this record takes them. It's it's really well done as as I knew it would be, but uh, yeah. I really like the new Faye Webster record a lot. That's what I've been listening I, to a lot in the past few days. That one I haven't heard yet, so I will have to I will have to get going on that. Yeah, I I I, I like all of her. I stuff. heard the last one, but not but I have not heard this yet. It's it's not drastically different. She she keeps consistent in that lane, but I feel like uh, you know her harmony and. Uh, arrangements get a little different it's a very like the thing i like about her stuff is that it's it's very rich without feeling heavy yeah so yeah i'll have to i have to check that one out one more i'll give you one more that i liked a lot which is um lula wiles do you know this band i don't they're they're like a three-piece from maine they're on smithsonian folkways but it's um and definitely they they come from like playing in family folk band background. So the harmonies are all like perfect. Um, but they also definitely have the rock chops. There's some really, really cool guitar solos and uh, it's just really wonderful songwriting. So I've been listening to that one a lot lately too. Is there a particular song that jumps out that I can play over the outro here? Um, I think the big song is called Oh My God, which is pretty, pretty great. I like that one. So Sadie, where can people find you in all of your things? Um, I'm on not not all the social media. I don't have a TikTok. I feel like after this this podcast, I have to get one. Uh, Sad thirteen is where I am on most spots, which is S A D one three. My website is sad thirteen dot horse. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> URL I've ever bought. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, you. Are you going to be like doing any touring in the next year? Maybe probably in the next year, but I this year I don't think so, unless something comes in that's very good money. Foo Fighters, you know, call call me up. I'll play at Madison Square Garden next time. Yeah, I think they have a show yeah. coming up the Forum, so you might want to be like, okay, "Hey guys, I, I can fly out." Yeah, that sounds that if if so, yes, you will see me on stage this year. If not, <laughs> I kind of want to take my time. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for doing this, Aiden. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you hear the shimmer of the sharpening blade?